Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple and true utopia. In the millennial, we've already seen with Isaiah that the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard, the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and the little child will lead them. Now, you haven't seen this lately at the LA Zoo, have you? The curse will be lifted, and the earth will come back into a harmony with its creator, an ideal setting with the rule of righteousness, the presence of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. How many times have you heard, don't worry, things are bound to get better? Well, hoping for the best is key to a positive attitude, but that advice seems somewhat naive when it comes to a clear understanding of the events of the last days. Today, our teacher, Pastor Xavier Reese, takes us back to the book of Isaiah for today's compelling Bible study of God's ultimate judgment for a sinful world. Let's listen. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 1 through 4. The message is entitled, The Judgment of the World. Now, what I want to do is something a little different from my usual way of approaching my text. Simply using Isaiah's text right here of these four verses for my main points. And then what I want to do is fill the details in the New Testament that will take us through a run through the tribulation, the millennial kingdom, into the new heaven and new earth. So you can see it as a whole. Because often people get confused and say, well, how does this fit in and all that? And we'll just run together. So he gives us the fence post. I'm going to fill in. I'm going to build the fence as we go along. Let me um, read our text here, verse 1 through 4. Come near you nations to hear, and heed you people. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all things that come forth from it. For the indignation of the Lord is against all nations, and his fury against all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to a slaughter. Also, their slain shall be thrown out, their stains shall rise from their corpse, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. All the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall roll up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fail, shall fall down, and the leaf falls from the vine, and as fruit falling from the fig tree. Very picturesque. The prophets paint pictures, uh, very clear pictures. Let's begin here with the first verse. The nations of the world are called to hear God's judgment. This is our main point. First of all, the nations of the world will be judged for their deception and partnership with the false Messiah appearing as a man of peace, the Antichrist. This is very, very clear. In fact, Daniel 9.27 tells us that he will appear at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, and Israel will make a one-week covenant seven years with him, and they will embrace him. This man of sin in Revelation chapter 6, he will appear on a white horse, symbolic of peace, with a bow, no arrows, he conquers through diplomacy. In fact, Jesus said they would receive him in John 5.43. You reject me, you're going to receive him. That's interesting. Secondly, the nations of the world will be deceived through the agent of the Antichrist, known as the false prophet, who will perform deceptive miracles. Now, the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 11 through 18, gives us this information. Just as Jesus had a forerunner, John the Baptist, 
the Antichrist as a forerunner, a PR man, the false prophet. He is the second beast coming out of the earth with two horns like a lamb, but speaks as a lion in that chapter. He's identified as the first beast and imitates the appearance of a lamb, falsehood, as the Antichrist imitates Christ. So the whole movement is deceptive. He is equal in authority as the first beast and promotes the worship of the Antichrist, who, by the way, survives an assassination attempt. And his right eye is withered, and his right arm is withered also. His right arm darkened, right arm withered, and he lifts. Now, not only is there the false Messiah, not only is there the agents of false prophet, but the nations of the world will be deceived by the religious channel, the false church, who will be one with the Antichrist. And Revelation 17 gives us a picture of her completely. The false church is identified as the harlot, the great mother of harlots in the opening verses. Babylon being a counterfeit to the true church, marking spiritual unfaithfulness. A woman is always used as a type of religion in Scripture. She is wealthy, brash, and the source of all spiritual fornication and abomination on the earth, called the mother of harlots. The false church, the beast, and the ten-nation confederacy are interpreted and identified clearly as being a one mind to make war with the Lamb in verse 7 through 14 of Revelation 17. So the false Messiah, the false prophet, the false church. This kind of gives us the feeling of verse 1 of Isaiah's text here. This is the judgment that's coming. Now notice, secondly, the nations of the world are under God's indignation. They're in verse 2. It describes the period of doom, darkness, indignation, wrath, destruction. In fact, Isaiah, throughout his book, repeatedly uses the metaphor for that period of time as that which comes upon a woman as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. The pains are more severe and they're closer together. They're intensifying towards that day of judgment. Now, first of all, the indignation of God first comes by a series of seven seals in Revelation chapter 6. The first seal introduces the Antichrist of false peace. The second seal introduces the red horse, which is war. The third seal introduces the black horse, famine. The fourth seal introduces the pale horse, death. One-fourth of the population, which is about one billion and a half, dead in one sweep. By the way, the authority is given by God to do this. He's in control. The fifth seal introduces the saints slain for the word of God. And there are many more to be killed, God tells those who speak under the fifth seal. How long, O Lord? A little more. Kick back. More to be killed. The sixth seal introduces the great earthquake, the sun, the moon, the stars and the heavens are affected and God's wrath is poured out. And they cry out to the mountains to fall upon them. But do they repent? Listen, 
no. The seventh seal introduces the seventh trumpet judgment. There being silence in heaven for a half an hour. And the censer of fire is cast into the earth. In chapter 8. Now secondly, the indignation of God then will come in seven trumpet judgments. So the seals are first. The seven trumpet judgments are found in Revelation 8, 9, and also in chapter 11. The nature of the destruction is certainly illustrated again by the labor pains upon a pregnant woman. That's a consistent metaphor and illustration throughout. It's going to happen. The first trumpet destroys a third of the vegetables by hail and fire mingled with blood. The second trumpet results in one-third of the sun turned into blood, a third of the sea di life dies, and a third of the ships are destroyed. Commerce. The third trumpet affects the fresh water, the rivers, the springs. They will be poisoned as wormwood. Many die. The fourth trumpet causes one-third of the sun, the moon, the stars to be darkened. In fact, the angel pronounces three woes that are still remaining of the remaining three trumpets, which become progressively more severe. Remember, woe means judgment. The fifth trumpet introduces satanic demonic activity as the key of the abyss is given to Satan and the shaft is loosened for these demons to come out in chapter 9 of Revelation. They are as locusts, horse-like, long-haired lions who follow Satan, chapter 9 tells us. The sixth trumpet releases four angels bound in the Euphrates River. An army of 200 million demons will come. There will be one-third of man killed under the sixth seal. One billion and a half have already died up before this point. Therefore, half of the earth's population is dead by this time. And the scriptures tell us that man still does not repent. The seventh trumpet brings us to the end of the seven-year tribulation and great tribulation, ushering the kingdom. In chapter 11, verse 15 through 19, God's wrath marks the time. Don't miss that. Thirdly, the indignation of God will come in a seven-bold judgment. So you have the seal, the trumpets, then the bold judgment. And remember, they become more severe and closer together. Revelation 16. These last seven complete God's wrath on the earth. The beginning of chapter 15, verse 1, and chapter 16, verse 1 of Revelation tells us that. The first bowl begins about... Uh, to pour out foul and loathsome sores that come upon all those who have taken the mark of the beast. Now, you've ever had a boil that can't heal? <laughs> Painful. A second bowl turns the sea into blood. All things die. The third bowl results in the remainder of the rivers and the springs becoming like blood. In fact, literal blood. And it says that the judgment is due. In other words, they deserve it. Now, that seems like an outlandish statement, but it's coming from God. That when people are receiving the judgments of God, it's what they have worked for. This is what they deserve. This is not uncompassion. This is not a lack of love. It is a judgment that comes after grace and love has been rejected over and over and over again. 
The fourth bowl results in the sun scorching man with fire. Again, God is in control, yet men do not repent. The fifth bowl brings darkness over the throne of the beast and his kingdom in chapter 16, verse 10 through 11. They blaspheme God for their pain, yet they do not repent. The sixth bowl causes the Euphrates to dry up so the kings of the east and the nations under demon activity gather at the battle of Armageddon. Jesus said, I come as a thief, there in verse 15. Those who have not taken the mark are to watch. There will be a great revival during this time. Many will be saved by God's grace. They are to watch because the time is going to be horrible, horrible. The seventh bowl brings a great earthquake like no other, which divides Babylon into three parts, removes every island and mountain, and hail of 100 pounds fall upon men. Revelation 16, 17 through 21. Hey, half a pounder up, knock you out, kill you, coming down from all that height. The result, once again, is the men only blaspheme. Hmm. You see, the indignation of God is against those who are at Armageddon to fight against Jesus, and they will be destroyed. Revelation 19, 11 on down tells us very, very clearly. They are postured in rebellion against God. Their purpose is to stop Jesus Christ from setting up the kingdom. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it's going to happen. They're serious. The scriptures tell us that it is a fearful thing to fall under the hands of the living God in Hebrews 10, 31. Who would dare to get in God's face? Man. No one else. The nations of the world are under God's indignation. Make no mistake of it. It is God's indignation. Now notice third and last year with Isaiah, the nations of the world are temporary till God's final redemption. They are temporary. First of all, the new heaven and earth does not take place till the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth and Israel's blessing occurs. Revelation 20 tells us that very, very clear. In the millennial, Satan will be bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years in order that he not deceive the nations any longer. The first three verses of Revelation 20 tells us that. He's bound with a chain. The saints, you and I, will reign with Christ. This is the first resurrection, Revelation 20, verse 4 and 6 says. You don't want to be in the second resurrection. That is going to be the white throne judgment, which we'll get into in a little bit. That's a non-believer. The first resurrection are the Christians, those who have trusted Christ. Paul said, do you not know that we will judge the world and angels in 1 Corinthians 6, 2 and 3? Of course, the fallen angels. And we are glorified with Christ and we reign with Christ, so we will have some seeming authority over these matters. He has made us a kingdom of priests, Revelation 1.6 tells us that. 
In the millennial, we've already seen with Isaiah that the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together and the little child will lead them. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6 through 10. Now, you, you haven't seen this lately at the LA Zoo, have you? I don't think so. The curse will be lifted and the earth will come back into an Adamic state. Harmony with its creator. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Isaiah eleven seven told us that. The nursing child shall play with the cobra's hole in the ground and the winged child shall put his hand in the viper's den. Isaiah eleven eight. They're not going to be venomous. An ideal setting. Perfect. The whole of nature will be completely restored. The entire earth will be permeated with the rule of righteousness, the presence of Jesus Christ, completely. Now, we are told that there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner of the people for the Gentiles to seek him. So all of a sudden, we're going to see during that time as Jesus reigns here, all will come to him because only those who have accepted him will enter the kingdom no one else but remember Satan is bound but sin nature still goes on but there's control over everything because he rules and Satan's bound the nations and people of the world will come to Jesus for consultation and instruction Isaiah told us that in chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Now, at the end of the thousand years, Jesus has reigned. At the end of the thousand years, Christ will bring about the ultimate rebellion by loosening Satan. So he gives one more opportunity. See, after a thousand years of perfect reign, do they want to follow Jesus? Satan has let loose, Revelation 20, verse 7 through 10 tells us. And Satan has relieved to deceive the nations, and they rebel against Jesus. We are told that they are cast into the lake of fire, where the beast and the false prophet have been there, being tormented day and night, and will continue to be so forever and ever. The final rebellion silences all the sociologists, all the psychologists, that keep telling us that it's the environment that's the problem. Listen, how bad can the environment be when Jesus is reigning and dogs don't bite you and lions don't eat you and the church is glorified? What's the answer? The answer is the heart of man. It's evil. Not the environment. It's the heart of man. Jeremiah 17:9 tells us that. Now, once that rebellion takes place, then you have the wise throne judgment, which comes at the end of the thousand years. This is where everyone who has ever rejected Jesus Christ is brought for sentencing. They already have been judged. They've rejected Christ. The word of God has rejected them and condemned them. Now they are brought up for sentencing in Revelation 20, verse 11 through 14. Christ is the judge, for the Father has given to him all judgment. 
Jesus said that in John 5, 22 and 23. All are judged according to their works, not for a second opportunity. Make sure you understand that. Verse 12 and 13 tells you that. Death and Hades will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And all not found written in the book of life are cast in there. Pretty heavy. Now, secondly, the new heaven, new earth, follows the thousand-year reign. So the thousand-year reign is over after the white throne judgment. Now comes what Isaiah says here. All the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved. The heavens shall be rolled away. And the hosts of them shall fall like leaves and like fruit. John tells us of the same day. Revelation 21 and 22. But let me just point out 21 verse 1 through 5. In verse 1, there is a clear replacement that goes on. Listen. Now I saw a new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the earth... And the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. New city, the new eternity, the new heaven, the new earth. Then thirdly, John says that God and man will be one. Verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. We will be one with God for all eternity. But isn't that what we are now? Because he has given to us eternal life. He has given us the ability to be his children. That is a fact even now. And then John tells us in verse 4, the man will enjoy true joy forever. But as we move on in Isaiah, he's going to give us a little more detail as he has in the past. Let me just read you Isaiah 65, verse 17 through 20. Listen. Isaiah the prophet has told us of this day before. He's telling us now, and he's going to tell us again. In that day, Isaiah tells us, for behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former should not be remembered nor come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. And so the nations of the world are temporary till Jesus and God's final redemption. Isaiah's text regarding the judgment of the nations of the world and the new heaven the new earth has been revealed by the call of the nations of the world to hear God's judgment. God is using this church to do this, the Christian. By the statement that the nations of the world are under God's indignation, a warning in hope that they will flee. By the proclamation of the nations of the world that they are temporary, to God's final redemption. You will not be here forever. You and I are temporal. Only God is eternal. 
So may God give us wisdom. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I pray you accept him. You have loved ones, friends, pray for them. And be a light. Be salt that others may come. Pastor Xavier Reese with a gentle reminder that this world will not last forever. The Judgment of the World. That's the title of today's lesson. And a copy is available for only $4 on CD. And you'll also hear what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is The Judgment of the World, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Do you want to know the secret to getting your prayers answered? Then don't miss the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 